Encoder has seven lengths to find, and then it's Zimbo Warrior. They turn for home. High velocity, thousand words looking for room now inside. Tis a magician. They're a furlong from the finish. Thousand words length and stride. Has to get to high velocity. High velocity, thousand words. Royal Act running a big race on the outside, and Tis a magician. Thousand words just in front. Here's Royal Act on the outside. Thousand words. Thousand words wins the Robert B. Lewis and Bob Baffert with another incredible milestone, 3,000 North American wins. All right, welcome to the Horse Racing Happy Hour. Season two? Season two. All right, we'll do this. So let me, let's me let first, let's start off with what the Horse Racing Happy Hour is and who we are, I guess. Let's start with who we are. Uh, I'm Mike Gandolfo. Hi, I'm Louis Arbeau. And we actually have a newcomer for season two. We have Ace Producer. Ace Producer, the Stable Boy. There you go. Does he get a name? The stable boy. All right. Very let's, good. let's just stick right. with the stable boy right now. You know what? If I if I were in his position and it got me a uh, credential to Derby, I'd go by the stable boy too. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think that's legit. The stable that's how that boy. Goes. All right. Yeah. Okay. Good enough. Um, so stable boy is uh, he's we're drinking right now, but and I don't know if he's old enough to yet or not. But I guess you know he. <laughs> no is. one asked on the backside, yeah. right? No one asked, right? No, no, no. Uh, so to, we're uh, so this show is horse racing talk for the every average sports fan, which we are. Correct. Uh, we're not going to get overly technical. I, I have a tendency to, but then we rein it back in. Well, and I think when we do, lots of times we'll explain what it means. Sure, like, we try sure. to be educational yep. when we get technical. Um, we're going to have a lot of good information, and you're, it's gonna, it's, we should have a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun, and this show is weirdly connected to different people in the industry. <laughs> Case in point today, uh, friend of the show, I think we could call him that at this point. Oh, absolutely. Uh, John Sherva, horse racing beat writer for the Los Angeles Times, their former Deputy Sports Director, really, really great guy. Uh, I think everyone will enjoy our segment with him. And, of course, we always talk Southern California racing with him because of the incredible influence Southern California racing has had on the Derby the last decade, 15 years. Yeah. All right. And uh, and we'll specifically talk to him mainly about the West Coast uh, horses that are pointing towards the Kentucky Derby. we got a couple things about just, you know, this is now the Triple Crown season. So we're going into prepping for the Triple Crown. We're – Towards the tail end of the 10-point races, Correct. you know, we've had the Breeders' Cup happen, uh, which we've already talked about. Not not a lot to really, you know, s- talk about as far as that goes, except that we've had, we haven't seen Dennis's moment run again. Correct. Looks like eight rings is out. Correct. Uh, those are probably the two biggest uh, topics of discussion right now. And frankly, in the fall of season one, we talked about don't get excited about these horses too early on because... Other than Nyquist, the last five or six years, we just haven't seen that translation from the Breeders' Cup part of the season into the spring, into um, the Triple Crown preps. And so, you know, it it shouldn't surprise anyone that those two horses, um, who were tremendous in the fall, will not be part of the story at this point. It isn't to say that Dennis's moment can't get back on track, but like you said, he's certainly not running in any of these 10-point races. Well, and I I posted that, the horse that has crossed the finish line first in the last three derbies. <laughs> yes. No, it's, no, no, no. That's a fair way to say it. Yep. Okay. Uh, n- none of them even raced in a points race until a 100-point race. Right. So the last three years. I think that's the norm. I think trainers have figured out periodization and how it relates to horse racing and how not to get these horses to peak too early so that you can have a legit derby winner. Has the 2020 derby winner raced this year? Yes, but I probably an allowance yes. race and probably hasn't really hit the uh, 
hit the scene too high yet. So we've actually had the uh, the release of all 347 Triple right. Crown nominees, which yep. is down. Way down. It's down like 15 horses or something like that. Was that it? Yeah, it was like 362 or oh, something like that. Oh, I did the math wrong. Okay. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's down, but it's not. I mean, you still have 347 three-year-olds trying to go for 20 spots, right? Yep. So, well, um, really, if you look at the new shooters in the Preakness and the Belmont, maybe 30 spots, right. 26, 27 spots. Right. So, the uh, ultimately, though, you know, we have, by the way, out of those 347, which sire has the most? Giants Causeway. No. Who is it? It's American Pharaoh. It's already. Fifteen of the three hundred and forty seven. I mean his 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 just I mean, his shadow on the sport is gonna be so huge in five years. I mean just You mean there's not gonna be a huge Nyquist <laughs> shadow or, <laughs> or even justify? Man, oh man. Do you see Bricks and Mortars already in Japan? Yeah. Oh breaks my heart. Oh, I want those I want those horses over here. Yeah, but you maybe they'll ship. Maybe we'll get get to look at those babies, you know. Maybe eventually, maybe Yoshida will get over here. Yeah. yeah, you'll be all right. It'll be good. But yeah, the uh, that's that's. So yeah, I mean, some of the things. I mean, if we're going to talk real quick about these preps that have been happening, these these ten point preps. You know, we had the Withers at Aqueduct, the Robert B. Lewis, which which is what we played on the way in, which is what everyone heard at Santa Anita. We'll definitely be picking John's brain about, and then the Holy Bowl down at Gulfstream Park. What you need to know is what they feed into. And they feed into a 50-point race, and then they feed into a 100-point race. Right. That's essentially how these are set up. So the Gotham feeds into the Wood, the Wood Memorial. Um, but I feel excuse like me, the, the Withers feeds into the Gotham, which feeds into the Wood. And we shouldn't get excited about that. Why? Because in the last 20 years, other than Tacitus showing up on the board last year, those New York horses, including Vino Rosso, who was just the, the classic winner, didn't show up in a major way in the Derby. Right? Right. And then the Robert B. Lewis feeds into the San Felipe which is a major prep race in March, and then into the Santa Anita Derby, which, by the way, has had Justify, Exaggerator, Dortmund, California Chrome, and I'll have another come out of it just since 2012. Right. And that's an unbelievably good predictor of who's going to run well in the Derby and or be a player in the Triple Crown, right? Even though Exaggerator didn't win the Derby Huge because horse. he was more of a closer, awesome horse in the Triple right. Crown, wins the wins the, uh, the Preakness, right? And so – and then and then the last one is the Holy Bull. And the Holy Bull, I think, actually – can be interesting because I think Tis the Law can actually maintain this level and be relevant. That feeds to the Fountain of Youth, and then it feeds to the Florida Derby. Florida Derby, again, another major feeder to the Derby with horses like Maximum Security, Audible, Nyquist, or Big Brown, and Barbaro. If we're talking about from a straight-up running style of what we've seen so yes. far, Thousand Words to me is a toss. A small field and you're already four horses back. At the And then, I mean, had it – I don't know if you call that horse a closer, but you definitely couldn't call him a stalker. And the second place horse was Royal Act, who went off at eighteen to one. I'm not at all sure that he ran against anyone to get excited. One hundred and seven speed figure though, Equibase speed figure is not terrible. At Santa Anita, which seems to translate well to Churchill. Bass. Right, right. Uh, but at the same time, I just the running style makes me a little nervous in a six horse field. If you're two thirds of the way back in the pack uh, for most of the race, even though he came out strong early, uh, tis the law's running style to me. Uh, was interestingly enough, if I remember that race correctly, he shot out to the lead. Do you remember this? Yes. And then he pulled back. The, the jockey did, yep. The jockey pulled back pretty considerably. Um, I don't know if he, the horse was fighting it or if the horse wanted to, you know, and the horse was much the best of this field. You know, I I, I don't think 
uh, Toledo was getting a lot of play as far as being yeah, a potential under two to one nine that's to five a, on but uh, when it went off. Yeah. That's a Chad and I rad, so maybe you should go go the turf. Um. <laughs> or just win every race, right? Yeah. yeah, on the turf. But you also had Ate and Dien in there, right? And so uh, we're going to have a linguistics lesson today, by the way, with yeah. all of our French horses. We'll talk about that later. That's um, all Louis. An important part of the show. The uh, I, I got uncorked the bottle, right? <laughs> Attaboy. <laughs> the um, Portos, what are we doing? All right, So, but with those three horses, um, I, I tried to remind people last year, too, when the DQ happened with Maximum Security, that was only the second time he had ever gone two turns. Correct. And people forget... We treat the Derby like it's some kind of race for experienced, top, you know, four- and five-year-old horses. It isn't. These are the equivalent of high school sophomores and juniors being thrown in front of 160,000 people. We talk about that a lot on the show. I really think it's an important thing to remember. So, you know, if you get a horse like Tisla Law, it shouldn't be so shocking that the horse gets so excited that it runs out front. And the jockey's got to pull him back like, hey, hey, we can't do 22 splits here. Right, 22-second splits are way fast. If anyone needs to – I'm sorry. Slow down. There's a technical thing. That's a technical – so, by the way, just in the derby, I would say that 24 seconds is kind of the norm. It is the is the baseline. And so anything faster than 23-and-a-half or slower than 24-and-a-quarter – For the first is, quarter mile. For the first quarter mile and getting into the second is either too fast or too slow or allows horses to really pack up. And so the – you know – if Tizzle Law is running, you know, high 22s or something, well, then, yeah, it's obviously the jockey's job to make sure that he doesn't. And, again, this horse was just running as a two-year-old a month and a half ago, right? And so it isn't – it shouldn't it shouldn't be so surprising to people that a horse like Tizzle Law needs to be pulled up. What I like is that he wanted to go to the front because I think you can train a horse that wants to go to the front to not run 22s and to run 23 and a half. So if, if – the only reason why I want 1,000 words to win the derby okay. is so that when Flavian wins, okay. I can say, hey, what's it feel like to win the derby and actually cross the finish line first? I, there's a lot of money in that if you do it. I would do it. That's tremendous. I hope you do. Because, I mean, what, we're not going to get fired. No, for sure. <laughs> I feel like the guys from v would do it too. I mean, just because <laughs> I thought, but it's a legit question too. If Flavian is ends up, Flavian, by the way, has been on a massive tear. I mean, and so incredible in Southern. Him and him and Abel Cedillo have been the best in Southern California. It's not close. Flavian Pratt, the the jockey, um, Abel Cedillo, by the way, finished second in the race, and Mike Smith finished fifth out of six horses. Uh, but the jockey caliber in that race was pretty solid. So yeah, for sure. Um, but I think it's a legit question. I mean, Flavian's obviously going to be a lot more overjoyed when he actually crosses the finish line first. It'll be a different feeling for sure. Yeah. I mean, you could even watch, you know, Bill Mod in that press conference. It's like, was, yeah, I want to derby, cheated. but this isn't. This, this wasn't isn't how I wanted to win. The right. Game. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, you enjoying your bourbon? I haven't tried it yet. Oh, you got to try it. All right, I'll do that right now. All right. So, what we're drinking today is Bardstown. And Bar- we cho- I chose this bourbon today because Bardstown is going to be the sponsor of the VIP room for Bourbonville for the Kentucky Derby Festival. Very good. So this is the Fusion Series. Whoa. Okay. Whoa. It's got a lot of stuff going on, right? Whoa. So this is actually a blend of four different bourbons. There's a, a 12-year-old Kentucky bourbon in there, and then there's a 3-year-old um, that's a little bit more of a weeded, and then there's a, uh, a, a, a even younger two years, 10 months. But 40% of this is a 12-year-old bourbon that's mixed with uh, some younger stuff. So this is their like entry-level bottle. And uh, you can see I got two over there. So this is their entry level. We got their their high end thing happening, maybe for the last segment. Yeah, sure. What's the if if someone's out there looking for a bottle of this, what are they looking at for price point? About sixty bucks. Okay. Yeah. Yep. 
uh, the higher end stuff's about 120, 130. Oh, so 60 bucks, that's a weekend bourbon. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Having buddies over kind of, we- you know, bourbon and, um, okay. Yeah. But I think you're going to be this really. Is every, this is every bit of $60. It's very good. So that's the other thing we do on the show, by the way, is we sip while we uh, talk about horse racing because right. bourbon and horse racing can go together like, you know, I don't know. We go together like, I don't know how the song goes. Um, that's bad. That's sorry. Uh, but the green label one that we're going to try label, yeah. you're, you're going to be able to see how well that would go with a cigar. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I'm excited about that. But it's strong. It's like 125 proof or something. Okay. All right. Got a little kick. Sleeping here tonight. Oh, you know. You never know. <laughs> Snuggle up on the couch. All right. So uh, that's enough for that. Um, any – I think we need to get to a couple other just topics. Okay. The next one for our, that's really kind of hitting Kentucky is it looked like we were going to get sports gambling. Now it's not so definite in the state of Kentucky, and we were just talking about how great it would be to be at Churchill Downs. Did they vote today? They didn't vote today, I don't think. Uh, I know that they were they oh, were. Everything I saw was very positive on Twitter, so maybe I'm seeing the wrong feeds. Um, go ahead, keep going. But um, the last I saw was that the house was not so favorable, so I don't know if that ended up ha- what ended up happening there. So if you can research it and figure it out. Okay. But the idea that we could be at Churchill Downs in the fall and be betting on horses in college football or pro football at the same time is like, or just pull my TVG app out, bet on a couple horse races and bet on, you know, bet against the Lions, I guess is what I should say. (laughs) Um, You know, that sounds pretty freaking awesome, right? The Lions are good against the spread. They just can't win games. Oh, is that, is that, is that what it is? (laughs) You get to the Super Bowl if you're good against the spread? Say it again. Do you go to the Super Bowl if you're good against the spread? The answer is of course not. Okay. How many Super Bowls? Zero. All right. Yeah, yeah. They last won the NFL championship in 1957, then they traded Bobby Lane, and the, they've been in the trapper forever since. <laughs> Literally, my father was one year old. Well, there you go. I mean, they even screwed up having Barry Sanders, right? It, how? I mean, it's it's remarkable. Yeah. So we have that going on. Um, we've got uh, something I want to talk to John about. I'm, I'm going to talk to John. At a, I want to ask him if they're going to if Santa Anita's going to go to just two days of racing with six day race cards, and three of them are going to be match races. Uh, <laughs> Jeez. Is that a little, is that a little hard? Uh, no, but you had obviously thought about that line, and I appreciate it. <laughs> it's 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 hard, man, to just. Well, watch. he talks about it in the newsletter, man. I mean, he th- and and frankly, uh, Aiden, um, Aiden. Oh, cripes! Who's there? Uh, Aiden, not Aiden O'Brien. No, no, uh, that's all I have in my head now. Yeah, sorry, um, Aiden, who does there? Obviously, I'm on a first name basis with everyone at Santa Anita. Um, you know. Uh, you know, Aiden's changed up. Th- he's got rid of the Santa Anita drag that didn't need to be there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's been really upfront about, hey, we're probably not going to be racing on Thursdays. And so um, they were given by the CHRB, the California Horse Racing Board, or Horse Racing Commission, CHRC, the, to the ability to cancel 10 days of racing. And they've already used six. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, they, so, the Thursdays are gone, right? I mean, is that Mostly, what, yeah. they've, they've been killing the Thursdays. Yeah, so the next Thursday's already canceled. The next one they can run is like the 20... Uh, it's like February 26th, 20th, 20, okay. 20th 27th, or 27th, something 20th, 27th. like that. And, and I, I, that one's already in, in question. So, yeah, I, I, if I'm them, don't you just wait and try to have eight, nine, ten horse fields and just run Friday, Saturday, Sunday? I, I guess. I mean, it's, you know, I, I, the, the lack of number of horses in the field. And it's interesting to me because – Other suggestion, by the way, if you're Santa Anita, act like Gulfstream, act like Laurel. Let people do $1. No, I thought you were getting rid of the drag. Let, no, no. Oh. No, allow the $1 win play show bets on your on your mobile apps. Yes. I don't care what you do at your track. 
But like today, I threw down some money at Laurel for no reason. Um, Aqueduct was a dollar today. I, I hit a I hit a one dollar bet at Aqueduct today. You know, one dollar feels like nothing. For some reason, two dollars across the board feels like ten times as much as one dollar across the board. I can't explain it mentally, but if anyone from hey, Aiden, if you're listening from Santa Anita, throw down those one dollar bets. Hey, you know, I, I guess we kind of glanced over the fact that the 347 Triple Crown nominations is you know just it is 19 less than last year at 366 didn't used to be in the low fours uh i wanted to say that this is the lowest number since 1995 okay there we go i was gonna say it felt really low so because you looked at me like i was nuts but yeah historically wasn't the number in like the 420s and 430s it got as high as 454 460 i'm sorry so 2007 2008 were both 460 so here's the deal here's what's happened and it's really clear the point system has taken the crap horses out of nominations when, and, and that's good. It's great. Yeah. That's right. No, the absolute best horses are coming up every year, and that's why the Derby is more predictable because the best horses are there instead of chasing rabbits. Right. And if anyone's mad about that, I got nothing for you. And it, it has completely changed the strategy behind the race, if you ask me as well. These are the, right. Those are the same people that are happy that college teams are taking more three-pointers than they ever had in the lines further back, and they're missing them all this year. The last thing we'll touch on before we take our first break, um, since you mentioned the drag, uh, is the Pegasus. Is the Pegasus going to be short-lived? Is it almost done? Because, you know. Not I don't mean, think I, keep offering $3 million? Yeah, I, I guess. But obviously that what their original model is already gone because yes. the Saudi Cup in, the, in Dubai is going to. You know what's really interesting is I think the, the turf might save them there. The turf race is great. Everyone wants to be in that race, and horse bettors want to bet that turf race. And so I, that that may buoy weirdly the dirt race right well and the so turf race becomes the show and right the, and the dirt it I was think this that's year 100 is gonna be the way yeah for sure yeah so but but the the dirt race was a bunch of has-beens and it was it was very uninteresting it was awful yes and they had a huge drag like 15 minutes shocking it was awful yeah okay so uh we're gonna go ahead uh stable boy's gonna let us go out to break I, does stable boy not have music ready he does you, you think he does he's ready i don't know He's got that fresh haircut. He's good to go. Is he? Yeah, he's good to go. Okay. We'll be right back. This is the Horse Racing Happy Hour. All right. Welcome back to the Horse Racing Happy Hour. My name is Louis Rabom alongside Mike Gandolfo. We are happy. You know, we never actually usually use our – we just say Mike and Louis. We hardly ever actually put our last names out there. I'm trying to be famous, Mike. I is mean, that what it is? is? I mean, okay. All, all 13 people that listen to us need to know. Speaking and of so, famous. Speaking of famous, bringing in our uh, – now now friend of the show. <laughs> his name is John Sherver. He's from the Los Angeles Times. And uh, we always suggest you go find John's horse racing newsletter, the LA Times horse racing newsletter. Just Google it. Sign up. Throw in your email. No spam, nothing like that. You can also find John on Twitter at jsherva, at J-C-H-E-R-W-A. I did that for memory, John. How are you? <laughs> you spelled Sherva right hey, for memory? Hey, I'm doing good. <laughs> All right, great. Thanks for joining <laughs> us. Welcome back to the happy hour. What are you drinking today, John? Uh, you know, last time, it's the same thing as last time, okay. which is a, uh, you're on a, Chardonnay uh, today. You know, you're a Chardonnay at you know, Kendall Jackson. It's always very safe. Yep. Um, so you would be a Maker's uh, Mark drinker if you drink bourbon. That's a, you drink the safe bourbon. Okay. He knows what he's doing. All right, right. the eighty proof. Well, I do have Maker's Mark in the house. Okay, that, that is for sure. Right. Um, but uh, we usually uh, reserve it for uh, special occasions. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so John, we've you just been, hurt my um, feelings. <laughs> we've been uh, we've been doing a, a fair amount of talk about the early Derby preps and what they mean and uh, what they don't mean. And uh, so I just kind of wanted to open with an open-ended question for you. Has anything stood out so far 
in Derby qualifying. And, of course, we bring you on because you were at the Robert B. Lewis out at Santa Anita. And uh, anything you can tell us about that? Well, I was, uh, you know, I was also at the Sham, too. Mm. And, uh, again, it's, it's, it's all Baffert all the time, except, you know, this Sunday we have the San Vicente, which is a seven furlong race. And then you've got Storm the Court, which is getting pretty much no respect uh, on the national scene but he did win at 45 to 1 the uh, breeders cup juvenile right i talked to peter Erton uh, this past weekend you know he's confident he's you know uh so we're going to find out if the juvenile race was sort of a fluke or the real thing uh he's following the same path that nyquist uh followed a few years back which yeah. is you know the del mar futurity the american pharaoh which then was called the front runner the san vicente a non-points race um, oops, I, I forgot the Breeders' Cup Juvenile in there. Right. The Breeders' Cup Juvenile, which was a points race, yep. um, and uh, you know, and then finally, um, then he's going to ship. Uh, Peter says that his next race will be shipping somewhere. Got it. As so. in, like, not going to the San Anita Derby. Is is there that? That's what it sounds like. I mean, he, you know, it's not. It remember because the Breeders' Cup was here was right. was in San Anita. Um, that he hasn't shipped anywhere. Mm. Uh, you know, when Nyquist won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, I think it was at Keeneland. And, um, uh, you know, so that you need to see how he's going to react to that. And uh, he says six weeks, which would put him at the Louisiana Derby or the Sunland Derby. He already has 22 points, so, you know, he can get by with a 50-pointer. Um, it, but, interesting. you know... The yeah. Louisiana Derby yeah. winner typically – the Louisiana Derby usually produces a horse that is maybe in the top five but yeah. rarely produces a winner. Sure. Right? So No. Yep. Uh, but it also yeah, – it, it's probably because you're running against lesser competition, right? Because it's not the Florida Derby and it's not the Santa – you know, it's not the Santa Anita. Sure. I mean, I, and I honestly think it's kind of, to me, just three guys having this conversation – I think it's becoming more the norm too of like, hey, let's kind of sit back and see where everybody goes, and then like, where's our, where do what hole do we want to take? So like the Tampa Bay Derby this weekend mm-hmm. fits that mold, right? I mean, the horses will go to Tampa Bay, and then they'll make their decision if they're going to go to New York, if they're going to go to Gulfstream, or they're going to go to Oakland. Um, it's 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 just interesting to me to see people kind of pick their shot, I guess, you know, and the strategy behind that. Yeah, and you know what? I, I really miss the days of the multi-preps mm. when you would see a horse maybe four times before the derby. But, you know, now we're getting to the state where you might just have two starts, but, yep. you know, between the start of the year and, and, and the derby or three. Um, you know, there's def- they're definitely racing them less uh, before the, the derby. And, and um, I guess that makes every start that much more important. But uh, it also makes them less uh, proven i think too and well in the last the trend is the last three horses that cross the finish line first we'll have to see it that way <laughs> uh they ran in allowance races and then just hit a 100 point race and that was it i mean that there was no no other point race besides a 100 point race well you know the whole the point system has so changed the lead up to the derby absolutely and maybe that's what you know because basically if you win either of your last two preps or kind of finish you know first or second in the hundred pointers you're in and it's really at a disadvantage for the uh, the horses that try to slug their way out you know running a bunch of races and 
what was the what was the threshold for the the derby last year? Was it like forty points? Or it's generally like in the it's generally Mid-30s. in the thirties. Yep. Yeah, I don't know what it was last year, but it's usually like when you're in the third when you're in the thirties, you've got a shot. So. Yeah, and then you've also got the two foreign entries, you know, mm-hmm. so that takes you down to 18. If they take them, though. It, they, right. Right. Yeah. And um, then you've got, you know, the first and second horses in, in the five or six last preps. Um, it doesn't really leave a lot of open slots. Uh, but on the other hand, presumably you're getting the, the, uh, uh, the horses that are peaking at the right time. You know, rather than someone that picks up a bunch of points earlier and sort of, you know, just kind of walks their way into it. So there's there's pluses and minuses to it. And, um, uh, you know, I, I kind of like the, the 10 pointers uh, that, that we had. But, you know, I'm also looking forward to the 50 pointers. Yeah. So a thousand words goes ahead and wins the Lewis. You were there. He came from a few horses back to win in your colleague years, John White, who writes every Friday in the newsletter. Uh, has pointed out that the Derby just isn't a closers race anymore, um, and frankly hasn't been for the last fifty-seven years. Uh, the 50 uh, yep. No, yeah, but that's not that's not fifty-four. The last fifty-seven winners have been in the first or second with an eighth of a mile to go. That is okay. absolutely the case. And so, um, any concerns that a horse like Thousand Words was fourth or fifth out of six horses? Can you make a, a closer like that a front runner? Um, will we, and and sort of a second question. Will we see any of those horses in the San Felipe, or will they go somewhere else? Well, you'll see some. Bob will keep two horses. I mean, he's, he's got 1,000 words. Yep. He's got Nadal, who I really have no clue about. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he had a, a great race on January 19th, but we haven't seen him, and nor do we know where he's going. You've got Authentic. Yep. Um, you've got Eight Rings, who's prob- you know, who was started at the top, but probably has slipped a little bit. Um yeah, Bob will send, you know, he never sends to Florida. Uh, he never sends to New York. So basically you're looking at either Arkansas. Uh, Ar- yeah, Arkansas seems to be where he likes to send yeah. him. And, um, you know, we'll start to, to, you know, he'll send his, he'll keep his best one at Santa Anita. And then he'll keep, then he'll send his second best to Arkansas, I think. Okay. Um, and also, too, one thing to think about Thousand Words and, and Storm the Court is they both have Flavian Pratt. So, you know, Flavian will help tell us which of those two horses is the better horse. And then there's also uh, Angel Warrior in that, too, right? Because Hollendorfer's got that, – that's the one horse that hasn't hit a point race yet that, you know, could be uh, kind of Jerry Hollendorfer's coming out. Uh, and I guess – I don't even know what his status is at Santa Anita right now. Uh, he has no status at Santa Anita. He will not be at Santa Anita. He uh, Ever. He has he's agreed to turn his California horses over to two of his assistant trainers. Um, and, uh, no, you're not going to see Jerry back in California, at least, uh, in the foreseeable future. So uh, then you, I mean, cause it, I'm, I'm looking right now, like I'm the way I think about it is like, I'm, I'm thinking that we haven't seen a der- the Derby winner more than likely in a points race yet. And I'm, but I'm, don't uh, know who that could you be. Know, yeah. I mean, you had, you know, tis the law in the, uh, in the Holy bull looked good. We haven't seen Dennis's moment who was actually, my favorite two-year-old, uh, and then you just but you just draw a line through the, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile because you know he fell out of the game. Got yeah. Just, yeah. You know, he went to his knees at the start, yep. so that doesn't count. Um, but uh, it's it's really up in the air. I think you go back to the uh, 
what was it the all the um, always dreaming year where it was like yeah we're not really sure you know who's who's who we should be looking at and plus you know again it's it's only the beginning of february too right um you know let's talk in march and let's talk in april and then then we'll have a better a better scene and, and again uh just to mention the the one-time starter nadal for for baffert uh, it could be you know could be justify redo or he could just be another great three-year-old that, that bob has in yes yeah, is, is nadal a, a pointed to the san felipe at this point well, you know Bob, uh, he doesn't he doesn't really tip his hand. Okay. My guess is probably um but but uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, he just right, could be so, doing that. So, I want to know. follow up on that actually. Cuz on previous interviews, you told us that Bob will not tip his hand on where horses are going, but he will tip his hand on which ones he likes. And so Absolutely. Uh, and so it, does he have a favorite right now that you can tell? Is it 1000 words? Um I haven't talked to him about I, I talked to him. He ba- I, no, it's not thousand words. Okay. Because after the race, when I talked to him, he basically said, "Yeah, he's in the upper tier," and then he named like four other horses. Interesting. Okay. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, Bob is is you know you don't want to you know give him the nuclear codes because uh, uh, you know <laughs> they might be out there pretty quick, um, but. You know, I'm sure I'll I'll do a feature on one of his horses, and and um, you know if he starts talking about another horse, then then you know right. that's probably where where his mind is. But after the thousand words race, he was saying, you know, I said, okay, is, where is he in your in your barn? Is he your a horse? Well, no, let's just say he's in the upper tier. So that means to me, he doesn't think he's his best horse. I think he's got you know. Got to also protect his ownership, I guess. Too, you know, he's got to make everybody happy with that on that side. So, uh, yeah. And I wonder, does he have anybody that we has been lightly raced, maybe not been in a stakes race yet, that might be someone for us to watch? Uh, I, you know, I asked him, and he he didn't answer it, but he basically sort of did answer it by not really coming up with a name. I mean, he'll come up with the name of of someone that that's in the barn. Uh, I, I think we've seen his we've seen his who he thinks are his best horses, but there is no, you know, justify who debuts in in February and then you know does the impossible in in a few short months. Okay, all right. Um, <laughs> so, John, you mentioned that the that the points system has really changed things and sort of you know thrown a a wrench in all these things. We were talking a little bit earlier about what I like to point out to people is that all of these tracks have since figured out how to layer these races. So, you know, at Aqueduct, they just had the Withers. They'll have the Gotham in Mar- at the beginning of March, and then they'll have the Wood Memorial at the beginning of April. At uh, Gulfstream, they have the what I think is the trio that people know the best, which is the Holy Bowl, the Fountain of Youth, and then the Florida Derby. Um, feeding into the San, San Felipe and feeding into the Santa Anita Derby it, and into a larger question about Southern California racing, what do you think the largest field size will be amongst the San Felipe or the San Anita Derby? How many horses? And reading your newsletter, talking about – Mike's holding up fingers. I'm not going to tell you how many. He's trying to guess. Um, and uh, feeding into that, uh, I forget his last name right now, but Aiden – what is Aiden's last name at San Anita? Aiden Butler. 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 It is Butler. That's a, yeah. Darn it. Uh, Aiden talking about having to cancel those Thursdays. You've said that the, the Horse Racing Commission has given them a certain number of Thursdays that can be canceled. 
Um, where, where are we on horse field size, you know, horse field sizes and all that at Santa Anita? And are we, I mean, is, is the SOS shot going out yet? Yeah, should be. Uh, basically the field sizes are only down a little bit from years past, you know, seven in high change to seven in low change. However, when you're only racing three days a week and you've only got, you know, seven or eight races, uh, you know, you can't really, you, you can't make an observation off the field size. Um, but what you're seeing is just a lot less racing. I would guess there are probably 250 to 300 empty stalls on the San Anita backstretch. Um, you're seeing trainers that you've never heard of being able to get stall space because they're open. You've got Doug O'Neill taking a, a string to, uh, to uh, Dubai or Saudi Arabia. You've got Peter Miller racing a whole lot of horses back east. Um, you even talked about um, a fair number of jockeys relocating from Southern California over to the Louisiana well, Arkansas got, circuit. Yeah, yeah, Joe Talamo, um, uh, Kent DeSormo, but Kent's already left yeah. the yeah. Midwest and gone up to Golden Gate, so apparently things aren't going well for him. I think Tyler Bays. Um, and, you know, if, if you're a jockey, you need mounts. And if there's not a lot of races, there's not a lot of mounts. Yep. Um, but anyway, to get back to your original question, I'm thinking the field size for those last two big races, well, this is sort of a weasel answer, but I think it'll be, you know, six or seven, but I wouldn't be surprised if they scratch down to five. Whoa, that's lower than what I had. That is way lower than what you had. Wow. Yeah. Oh, really? Mike I said- was thinking eight for each race and... I just, you know, what's interesting is, John, I think what's especially interesting about that is when you have a 50-point race and a 100-point race, I think at some point someone's going to ship away from Louisiana and Arkansas to race at Santa Anita, which just is incredible to, to say shot, out loud. Right? Yes, just to have a shot. Because if you're in an eight-horse field, I mean, and you can get 50 points for the Derby or come in second in a 100-point race, you know, I mean, at some point it's worth it to ship to Santa yeah, Anita. That's your horse crazy. could die. Settle. The, um, but, no, it's, it's, it's crazy to say that out loud, but maybe people would leave, you know, Kentucky or Arkansas to go race at Santa Anita just because they got a better shot. Well, they play, they, you know, they pay five places and uh, um, that's not a bad thought. Uh, But you also got to figure the best West coast horses are going to be um, at Santa Anita. And um, you know, while they may not get a win, they could easily get a third. It's kind of like those, those um, what is, there's a couple of late, late uh races i think there's one like the at, lexington uh, and the... <laughs> yeah the lexington yeah, the, the arkansas lexington, derby of course is arkansas the latest derby, yeah the bluegrass is the same day as santa anita it's a 100 point race but the lexington's the only like offshoot uh one that's points that's not not a 100 point race but he's thinking of like even like at chelmsford city in in england you know the cardinal condition stakes yeah but, is late. yeah but the sunland is late too late march right and the louisiana derby's around that time yeah, the, the Sunland is will be six six uh, six weeks away, yeah. um, which I think is where Baffert sent Mucho Gusto last year, uh, and then you know wasn't great. Um, and of course he you know he beat a very weak uh, Pegasus field, which I think is which is where I was the week before last week. So yeah, you know, man, look at you, just just look at our guy. Pinky's out, <laughs> Santa Anita, doing the, doing the Pegasus. Let me look at our guy, John Sherva. I hear you. Yeah, man. Hey, so, you know, I'm, I did make the little crack about the horse might die if you go. But it really is interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And I know we had the three horses 
die in three days uh, a couple weeks ago. But generally speaking, we had the tragedy happen at the Breeders' Cup Classic, and it feels like there's been no mentioning of like it. It's almost like the issue died there, at least nationally. Like we, you all might hear a lot about it in California, but we don't hear about it at all anymore. It's almost like oh, the nation really didn't care that a horse died on national television. You know. Well, yeah, I mean, it's still big here. Um, and you know, in fairness, Santa Anita has had five deaths, uh, and to this point, I think we're at—I haven't checked the figures lately—but there were twelve deaths to this point last year. One of the five was one of those uh, freak collisions on the training yes. track, which yeah, you can't—it counts, but it's not like a—it it counts as a racing death, but it's not a racing death, a racing or training death. Um, coming out pretty soon, at least we hope, and this will be the third time they've played it, is the CHRB will come out with its report um, on all the horses, and we'll also have all the necropsies. And, and it's, you know, I can already tell you what it's going to show. It's going to show that, you know, 70 to 80% of the horses had pre existing conditions, uh, because that's what we've always known. You know, the question is are those pre existing conditions detectable? Is the science there? Is the medicine there? And in a lot of cases, the answer is no. But the one thing that they could bring uh, that would be interesting is if they in any way tie it to the to the surface. Uh, Santa Anita to this point have had no, since December 26th, have had no dirt racing training or racing deaths. Hmm. That's pretty remarkable. Yeah. Um, you know, a couple of them were on the training track and, and a couple were on the turf. Uh, so, uh, you know, that's what I want to see if they tie any of that. And, and then here's – think about this. Is the word – and I asked this of, of Belinda Stronach uh, when I was a peg, Pegasus. Do you actually want this report to find something or do – you know, so that you have something or someone or something to point a finger at? Or do you want it to be completely inconclusive like the uh, LADA's report? Because if it is completely inconclusive, then isn't the only logical answer that horse racing kills horses? Well, I mean, I think also that you I mean you look at all five deaths this year, I think they're all five of them were geldings, and then you get the, you know, are we racing geldings too much? You kind of uh, Yeah, no, that's a really – that's a great observation uh, because I've been sort of tracking the geldings, and there were a lot last year. But then on the other hand, is it because geldings race longer than colts? Right, you know? older uh, and more, and just you know, it's just wear and tear. After you know, eventually something's going to break down, right? So, yeah, and I think I think like one of Hollendorfer's geldings that that went down last year was like seven years old or something like that. So, um, you know, the more you race, uh, you know, the more risk you have. I mean, the more you do anything, the more risk there is. You know, same thing with a male, you know, one of an athlete, a uh, human athlete, and they, they blow an Achilles. The only problem is when we blow an Achilles, it's not catastrophic. And, right. you know, injuries like that for horses are. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Or how about how about this? The more times you fly in a helicopter. than Oh, geez. That's, oh, that's right. Wow. Yeah. You know. Oh, that's right. <laughs> He's going straight to the Kobe stuff. Is, is, are, are I was going to ask. <laughs> so, John, something you pointed out to us once was, you know, the, the DQ and the Derby got something like 80% of the clicks that the last L.A. Lakers championship got, something like that. Just an incredible number of clicks and right. interest from people. Did, did you get the, the, the date on, on Kobe Bryant? Was that a bigger story than any of the titles? 
Oh yeah, it's got to be right. Oh, Kobe was huge. I mean, yeah. it it just it was numbers like you wouldn't believe. Um, uh, and matter of fact, like uh, I'm trying to think if it even crashed our server. It might not mm. have, but uh, yeah. Kobe, because of how he, you know, I've been asked this several times, you know, is Kobe the biggest sports death you would have in L.A.? And I said, and the answer is the way he died, it would be. Magic Johnson is still bigger than Kobe, Um, you know, but Magic, uh, by all accounts, is going to live to a very ripe old age. Tommy Lasorda is in his 80s, almost 90, you know, and it's just, but, you know, Kobe going down in, in a helicopter um with his daughter it was yeah and and i'll be honest with you too i i I sort of was off horse racing for about a week uh still you know in my spare time cranking out the newsletter but i was working on on some of the kobe projects uh i was one of the editors on a magazine that we just came out with that was uh 96 pages that i think came out uh earlier this week although i haven't seen a copy of it yet um so yeah kobe was 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 huge it was was tragic it was it was terrible you you know in the back of your mind you got to wonder if that pilot if he wasn't flying kobe bryant would he have just said nope we're gonna ground it we're gonna ground it yeah i don't know and and we'll never know it'd be interesting too for me to and there's no way to do a fair comparison to stories because of what happened but comparing it'd be interesting to see the buzz with kobe compared to magic with the hiv announcement yeah i was uh like i remember where i was yeah um, I was going to was was. not tell your age. I was going to let everybody think that you were, you know, thirty something. And yeah, I remember when the magic announcement came. I was at home. It was, a, I think, it was a Wednesday, which was my day off. I was off on like Wednesdays and Saturdays, and um, uh, you know, just met all hands on deck. I'm in the office before yeah. you, before you know it. That was that was huge. And 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 the you know the the great thing now is people don't die of AIDS anymore. Right. And Kobe well, might have been one of the first. Yeah. All right. So from a completely serious topic to um, a question that we'll let you get out of here on that is not very serious. We have now done two derbies with you, believe it or not. It's already been two. And um, the year Justify won, you picked Bolt Doro. <laughs> so you're going to pick. I'm not trying to be mean. Okay. And then last year he had Roadster. Okay. All right. Um, so you just said out loud – in English, that Dennis's moment was your favorite two-year-old going. Did a small bolt of lightning hit you to pick a horse from a, a Louisville base trainer? The great state of Kentucky. Um. Well, Dale, Dale Romans is, you know, he's a great quote, so you know, we always <laughs> like that. Um, he sure is. Uh, I, I just thought he was the I just thought he was the best two-year-old going into that race. Yeah, we agree. With um, you, by the way, I. You know, I don't really think in the end that, you know, Storm Storm the Court is going to be the horse. Um, uh, again, we need to – kept saying it. We need to see more from Nadal. Um, but, my, you know, my prejudice is always going to be toward the horses that I see. Correct. And, oh, for um, all of us. For all of us, for sure, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, last last year – was a derby like we'll never like we'll never see again oh god i hope i didn't get to bed till way too late oh yeah (laughs) awful but um you know this year it's pretty early but you know you go back a few years and you know i i kind of knew justify yeah uh, or i thought justify was was something special um 
and I thought Nyquist was something special, especially when he beat Mohamed in the in the Florida Derby. Right. Um, not just beat him, but Mohamed I don't think ever won another race. Um, but uh, you know, we'll have to see how this this play. Oh, now you guys didn't. You probably mentioned it earlier in the podcast. But what about what do you think about that new twenty gate? Starting game. You know, we haven't talked about it. We were going to close with that. We haven't talked about it, but uh, Mike has very strong feelings about it. Well, I think it could be very interesting because I mean, you're basically, you know, you're you're crowding the field that much more, uh, not having that little break right there. It's going to make, it's going to make the start just so much more interesting to watch. Who gets bumped? Who gets squeezed? You know, are they, are they willing to make the same kind of calls that they did last year? If the if the if it's an egregious everyone's trying to squeeze into, you know, as they approach that top of the stretch turn, you know. I, I think it could be really interesting. It I, was, I I'm, who, I'm probably not in favor of it. I think it was Mark Cassie who proposed it last year, and the turnaround time on that has been remarkable. Um, they've already – I don't know if you follow Ed DeRosa on Twitter, uh, John, but he has already taken a picture of where that starting gate is going to fit. And so mm-hmm. um, it reminded me a little bit of the longer turf races at – Santa Anita this year where there's a little bit of a turn coming into that first long stretch. And so it's actually right. going to change a little bit of how the start happens, but you know, it changes that 15, 16 hole in a really serious way and takes that one horse out of that just unenviable spot for sure. That's a, You know, the, um, that could be a story. I could, I, that might be a story. I'm always looking for some sort of counterintuitive stories and, right. and, you know, is this move by Churchill Downs, you know, meant with all with all the right intentions, but then becomes a victim of unintended consequences. Uh, yeah, I think that you're you right. This, this this big jam up and banging and because the Derby, even even with the old gate, had plenty of banging and stuff coming out of there and crashing into each other. Uh, and now they're in an even more compact area. That's a great thought. Well, I'd, I'd rather yeah. be the 20 spot than the 15 spot. I can tell you that right now. Like that twenty spot yeah. now moves in probably six feet or so. Oh sure. And if if not more so, the it's probably more is, than that. What was it? the whole thing was less than sixty feet wide, something like that. Yeah. And now the fifteen, instead of having a nice little you know clean air next to them, uh, that's that's yeah. dangerous to me. I, I, so, but and by the way, just to answer your other question about Mohamed, seven races after that Florida Derby, never hit the board. Oh wow! After that, Incredible. so well, neither did Nyquist. And. <laughs> <laughs> Well, shots fired. All right. <laughs> John, we, uh, yeah, we hopefully we get a chance to touch base with you as we continue down the road towards the Kentucky Derby. And if not, we will see you on the first Saturday of May, May 2nd. Yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, usually available on on some Thursdays. And, uh, uh, you know, it's always great to be on with you guys. And plus, it gives me a chance to do some early drinking. All right, there you go. All right, John. Talk soon. All right. That was John Sherver, the LA Times. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back. This is the Horse Racing Happy Hour. All right, John. Thanks so much. Okay. You know. Regulators! Mount up. It was a All right, welcome back, Horse Racing Happy Hour, final segment of our first show of season three. Gotcha. And uh, that was a great interview with John Sherva. You got anything takes there? That... Takes from John Sherva. Just I, I, John's not an SOS overhype guy, and to talk about the number of horses out there and the availability and the field sizes and those things, that's a legit SOS. He's because he's not a he's not an alarmist. How's that? And. Um, when the horse deaths were going on, he was not an alarmist. 
Um, and, and so that he's an alarmist about field sizes and how many horses are out there. You know, guys like Aiden Butler, if they're well, they got three hundred empty stalls. That's that's insane. That is nuts. It's insane number. Think about how many people that aren't employed. Or how many people have had to move? Or I mean, right. Just, uh, I mean, I know that the horse racing industry gets looked at as like this rich man's sport or whatever else. There's a lot of just really good people who live in that area who work in the stables. That if there's not horses to feed, you know, hot walkers, uh, horses that will uh, cool down the horse, you know, with bass or whatever else, you know, muck stalls. There's there's a lot of jobs totally. that are not. Uh, being out there because 300 empty stalls. I mean, that is incredible. Yeah, it's um, you're right. It's a lot of human jobs. It's a lot of horse jobs. It's a lot of uh, a lot of gambling that's going by the wayside for sure. All right. So at the same time, though, we I, see we talked about it in the fall. What's that? Just that the you know, uh, you know, other people sort of predicting the death of horse racing. It's easy to do when you look at Los Angeles. I'm less sure about it when you look at Florida, when you look at New York, and especially when you look at Kentucky, right? And um, I, I think that, you know, with Churchill Downs seeing the competition butt up a little bit around here, um, a serious group buying the pea patch, uh, Kentucky Downs doing what Kentucky Downs does, right? And uh, opening a track, agreeing to open a track with Keeneland, it's insanity, right? It means that there's money to be made, and there's also – there's anticipation of horse betting, or excuse me, of, of uh, sports betting coming into the state too, right? And they've intentionally set up the law so that the the tracks benefit the most. Right? Well, I mean, NBC. I think NBC thinks there's still money to be made with Larry Thomas. Yeah, uh, that's the very to me the most interesting de human development that's happened in the last couple months, which is Naira not re-upping Larry Thomas and him feeling comfortable just working for NBC. That's remarkable. I, because I agree. It, it shows how important the Triple Crown is, and it shows that NBC feels like they are going to make money on the Triple Crown. I also think we're just going to see uh, maybe NBC just up their coverage a little bit. I think that's definitely Especially true. on the NBC Sports Network, yep. right? Yep. All right, so we're, we've moved on to the second expression of Bardstown on, yeah, yeah. on, the, on the sip. I, I love this bourbon. I haven't tried it. it is, uh, it's definitely got a lot oh. going on. Oh, just smelled it. Holy moly. Yeah, it's strong, right? And it's, This is a blend of three different bourbons. There's a 10-year, a 12-year, and a 14-year-old Kentucky bourbon uh, in here, and I just it's it's really complex. It's really good. So they call this one the Discovery Series. The green label, by the way, if you find it at home. Holy moly! 120 bucks? Uh, yeah, 130 somewhere around there. 120, 130. Maybe a, maybe 126 is what I paid. I can't remember. Got it. So. Couple spots in town where you can find those for you save the five ten bucks a bottle. The um, uh, usually at those places I get a discount. So. Got it. Yeah, yeah. The um, <laughs> you know it's interesting. You know this this feels like something a Scotch company would do. Yeah. Right. Do the blend, a couple different years. Um, but uh, in the beer world, if anyone's listening that's a beer person, this is a bit like a lambic where they take a one year barrel, a two year barrel, and a three year barrel, and mix them together. Uh, you can you can really get the different flavors out of bourbon. It's it, I'm tasting at least from a 10, 12, and fourteen. Those are all really different bourbons. If you need evidence of that, taste a Booker's, take a taste of Baker's, and a taste a uh, a Knob Creek out of out of Jim Beam. And those are all really different, and they're only one year different from each other. Yeah. So yeah, just pretty cool. It's a great idea. Well, uh, the, and I will say that my bourbon taste buds are generally this ten to fourteen year old, maybe eight, eight to twelve. Really, is kind sure. of my wheelhouse. Yep. 
and over 110, 120 proof and smooth. And so th this really speaks to me. I think it's really complex. I really, uh, really enjoy it. So and yes, this would be really good with a cigar. You're correct. Yeah. Uh, cigars make everything better. It's kind of like bacon. Bacon and cigars. Yeah, okay. Um, anyway, uh, we'll so I, uh, I, we intentionally chose this week to come back with the podcast, yep. okay? Uh, mainly Tis the Law running, 1,000 words running. We knew that there was going to be lots to talk about there, but I'm really excited about the two prep races, more so just kind of seeing what happens and where these horses go. So the, the two races at um, – I'm sorry, the Sam F. Davis race this weekend, yep. is this weekend. Tampa Bay. Uh, in Tampa Bay. And – I look at this coming up. I think the one horse that's raced already that really intrigues me is Independence Hall. Okay. Um, Who is, by the way, um, I didn't get to it with John, but John works with – John Sherva from the LA Times works with John White, who is the morning line maker at Santa Anita and puts out a derby top ten. John's the man I stole the uh, front-running derby stat from. Uh, he, has, he has Independence Hall as his number nine horse in his top ten. And Steve Haskin, who does um, his Derby Dozen on Blood Horse, has Independence Hall as his sixth best horse right now. And so I w you're getting some agreement from some guys who really know their stuff. Well, I mean, yes and no. I mean, like, who's ahead of him there? I mean, like, so John has stormed the court as his number one. Well, that, that's and that's, I, I'm shocked by that. That's a remnant from the Falls Racing. He has Dennis's moment as his second horse, which Steve Haskin does as well, by the way. Um, and he and has Nadal as his third horse, and Honor AP has his fourth. So it's kind of an interesting set. He also has Thousand Words, Maxfield, Tis the Law, and Authentic ahead of Independence Hall. Uh, and I can see where someone would put Tis the Law up there. I mean, Tis, Tis the Law is the top in Steve Haskins' group right now. And frankly, how he ran in Florida and how Gulfstream tend to, tends to translate really well to Churchill Downs should not be surprising that he's near the top. But I'd, I'm still wondering, like, we need to see something from Dennis this moment to see how he comes out uh, after oh, what we course. saw last time. Yes. Like I, there's a, too many, uh, there's too many questions for me to sit here and say Dennis's moment is, uh, is, you know, I guess he looked great in September. Okay, so at that point, uh, the horse looked great in September, but where? But where even he goes stumbling out of the gate in the um, in the Breeders' Cup, he was still competitive. He right? was. He and was. So he I mean, he got a terrible. Then. A terrible break, right? Terrible and, break. I mean, the, the horse, frankly, should have fallen over, and he didn't, and he still you know, Look, managed to run a good race. It was athletic as all get out. That's exactly right. So you hope that a horse like that, after some time out, and that time off, excuse me, and then run it, coming back and training, you know, can be great again. And, you know, and, and why would like like John said, why would you not trust Dale Romans? Anyway, but we're going to see it. <laughs> so. We're going to see. <laughs> we're going to see. I mean, we'll see Dennis's moment race at the end of the month, um, and, and actually on leap day. Is that is that what they say? They call it Leap Day? Sounds right. Yeah. Stable Boy? He's mute. All right. So, um, so you're running the Fountain Youth? What are you doing? He's running the Fountain Youth, awesome. yeah. So they're going to go the Florida route, it looks like, right now. Yeah, but sure. th this is, again, the Tampa Bay uh, Derby. You you don't know – or I'm sorry, the Sam F. Davis. They do have a Tampa Bay Derby, but they don't have a 100-point race. Correct. So they've got to eventually – they're going to have to make a decision on where they want to go. And and we've seen the the runners out of the Sam F. Davis go every which way historically. So, right. um, I, frankly, with a horse like Dennis's moment, it wouldn't be terrible to go if you could win. You're talking about – I'm talking – we're talking about Independence Hall, though, now, right? Oh, Independence Hall, excuse me. Okay, so he runs this weekend. Let's say he runs well. Okay. Hits the board or something, right? Because 10-point race, kind of whatever, right? And then – 
after that, what do you think he points to? Like a Tampa Bay Derby? I think he sits back and just waits and just kind of sees, sees, sees you know, what happens. Especially if I he mean, gets like 10 points and then shoot for 100 just to try to get a 40 or 20 and make the field. We've te- we've we've typically seen, you know, so here's who we've seen come out of Tampa, this this the Sam F. Davis before. Okay. Last year there was nobody. Right. It was it – was, but before that, it was Flamingo. No one ran in the same F. Davis last year. Well, they did, but Justin, nobody who was. Yeah, that ended up being a contender. Right. Right. Which is unfortunate because Kentucky Wildcat came in second in that race. So, uh, Flameway, Catholic Boy, Vino Rosso ran in 2018. McCracken, wow. Taprit, wow. State of Honor. Wow. Uh, okay. I mean, we've had some horses, and they've gone. Like they've horse. scattered. Yep. So, uh, you know, I think the play might might be to go to New York. Interesting. Um. I just get nervous because the wood has not been very good for the Derby at all. It's not a predictor for the Derby, that's right. And I think if you – but it's an aqueduct horse, right? So do you – does Independence Hall go back up to aqueduct? Or well, does and if you can win the Gotham, it's 50 points and you're done. Sure. Right, and and that's on March 7th, and then you just – you spend the two months training for the Derby. But can you win the Derby without running in a 100-point race? We don't know yet. Without controversy. <laughs> but can you finish first, you mean? Uh, or yeah, cross can you, the line can you cross the finish line first and actually be the winner? I, I, I don't know that I'd, – I'd be willing to find out, right? I mean, it, at some point, a 50-point horse is going to win the Derby, right? At some point. It can't just be the 600-point races every time. I, I don't know. Okay. I mean, I – But for a horse, especially a horse like Dennis's moment or something – I think if we're going to have a year that that happens, this could be the year. Because right now, there is nobody. There's no clear. There is no one who's like, man, that horse is a stud. But if Dennis's moment wins the Fountain of Youth at the end of February, do you run him again? I'm tired of sounding like every year like the Derby field sucks, by the way. I'm ready. And I I mean, I know it's been that way for me the last couple years. I totally disagree with you. I think Justify's year was actually a bunch of good horses. I I think it was. just didn't translate as older horses. No, I just. two years ago. I know, but I'm saying lately. I feel like I've – well, we've had three Derby winners since Justify. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, I guess four if you want to count Country House and Maximum Security's Derby winners. <laughs> so, um, you know, I just feel like I'm ready to sit here and say, man, we've got a stud horse. You know, do you f- – we don't have a total crown winner this year. I think you need to get over it, man. I think that's the new reality. Yeah? Yeah, I think it's the new reality. Do you need to get over it? It, it, it just It just is. It would be like complaining about this year's NBA draft when the NBA is awesome right now. Okay, but it also feels like we're going to be watching a bunch of scabs play in the NFL season. What? Like, the NFL? What? Like if, if if the NFL players went on strike and we're going to see a bunch of like guys just come in and play, you know. Uh, look, man, last season we spent a bunch of time telling people to fall in love with Phillies and to watch the, the turf races. And now we're going to get mad about dirt races well, with three-year-olds? Right. I, I think that's not okay. Okay. And all right. when they do pop up, it's it's sort of remarkable to see the American Pharaohs and the Justifies and that sort of thing. Um, you know, but I think it's a little overrated to worry about the quality of the three-year-old field. Because Probably it's early. Really early, number one. And number two, it's it, – what if, honestly, how about this? How about this for a scenario? Storm the court, Dennis's moment, tis the law, Independence Hall, and Thousand Words all end up being really good horses, and, and three of those run all three Triple Crown races. That'd be great. That'd be a tremendous year, right? Yeah. But That'd be better than most years, right? I, I don't know. I, why is that so un- just not feasible to you? I think it's totally Well, I don't feasible. think that's the way horse racing is done anymore, first off. so. Well, then you need to get over it. <laughs> so you're right. Or quit. Yeah. Oh, jeez, <laughs> man. Like, Louie's bringing the thunder. No, but, like, it, it's the new reality, right? So either either it is 
it is what it is or it isn't what it is, right? And so, I mean, you know, I I remember after the baseball strike, a bunch of people just quit on baseball. Well, yeah, I, right? I did not. I'm actually, like, literally, now the Super Bowl's over, so I'm, I turned into an 80-year-old man who likes horse racing and baseball. So. <laughs> and, and I'm getting ready to watch these young whippersnappers try to cut down the nets in March. Yeah, right. <laughs> Totally. Well, I'm disingenuous with the college basketball season too, so I'm right there on that. But I love that, that there's never been a bad year of college basketball before. That's what I'm learning this year. There's never been. No, a there has been. I, I mean, mean, yeah, everyone needs a. We, I mean, we got the year that 2011 was a terrible year in college basketball. I mean, there's, it's, 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 but it, this seems, there's just no star power at all. I hate to say this to everyone. This is how sports works. Yeah, it's cyclical. It is totally cyclical, and horse yeah. racing is absolutely in that vein. Yeah, and I think horse racing's on the upswing. I overall, totally, as as totally, an overall, I think the columnist thing to NBC speaks to an upswing. It's a weird way to measure an upswing, but I think it speaks to an upswing. And if we get a Pharaoh Offspring, who really is just a dynamite horse, totally. In the next two three years, it's going to create a lot of buzz. All right, so I'm throwing down right now to the men in the room. Right after my birthday is the Jeff Ruby Stakes at Turfway Park. Yeah, we're going. We're going. Right. Okay. Press passes. Oh, we're going. Yeah, we got to get some media credentials. Yeah, we're going to be unpleasant. Yeah. Stable boy, you need to get on that. Okay. <laughs> it's an email. It's easy. It's yeah, CDI. you got – he's got it. They don't like us over at CDI. You can be no. – We need to get – should we get stable boy a microphone? No. Okay. He's <laughs> no. definitely got to earn it. All right, I think we're about to wrap it up. We should wrap it up. Yeah, so uh, we went a little long with Sherva. Uh, great first show. We're going to be back every Thursday. This is when we're going to release. Yep. Uh, getting you ready for the Triple Crown. Love the way the horse racing season kind of works out because we go triple crown prep, straight into Breeders' Cup prep. We'll take a little break in the summer too. But uh, And if you're listening right now, it means that you've listened to the whole show. Thank you very much. We can't, um, we can't make this show grow without help. So if you're willing to put us out there on social media, tag us, uh, put the podcast link up. We're on uh, a live um, – Live Sportscaster is what live it's called. Live Sportscaster. But you can me. find us on Spotify. We're on Spotify, iHeart. we're on iHeart, we're on iTunes. Yes. Right? And so you can find us on any of those, any of the ways that you listen. Go ahead and share those with your friends. Uh, we started to pick up some momentum in the fall. We'd love to keep that going. And Twitter week. is uh, at? At Horse Happy Hour. At Horse Happy Hour. Yep. All right, there it is. And it's all Louie, by the way. That's not me. All right. We'll be back next time. We're going to pay our tab, get out of here. This has been the Horse Racing Happy Hour. Happy Hour.